In this week's episode, I am talking to Veronica Mazzetti-Drea. She is a business and mindset coach and human design guide, and she has been in the coaching industry for the last 14 years. Now, this conversation was really good. I learned so much from her. We talked about what really is the difference between mentors and coaches and people who are teaching online. What should you look for when you're going to hire somebody um, in one of those industries? She also talked about how she had seen the coaching industry change drastically in the last 14 years since she's been in it. We talked about why the online world seems to be obsessed with 10K months and six-figure businesses and how you can find your place amongst all of that craziness and without feeling like you're constantly behind. Um, We also dived into human design. Veronica helped me look at how I can be a better support for my clients using my human design as a projector. And we talked about how what is normal for one person, what is normal for me as a projector, isn't necessarily what... I should be recommending my clients to do for them to find success in their business. So how you can really be using your human design to make you a better business owner. This was a great conversation and I'm so excited to share it with you. This is Becoming Your Brand with me, Sarah Holmes a brand strategist, teacher, content lover, former designer, and your biggest cheerleader. I know that you're building a business that you're so passionate about that you want to shout it from the rooftops, but sometimes your voice gets lost with everyone else shouting around you too. The online world is busy, and I want to help you find your true place in it, so you can stand out, show up naturally online, and show your audience that out of everyone in your industry, you are the person that they just have to work with. So grab yourself a coffee or get on with that workout, enjoy that morning walk, whatever it is that you do while you're listening to your podcasts and soak in everything from this week's episode. Let's dive right in. Veronica. Hi. <laughs> so Veronica is my first guest on my podcast, which is super exciting. I'm going to practice my interview skills and we're going to chat about, well, some really juicy topics. Um, me and Veronica have known each other for how long would you say? Two years now? Two, three years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I feel like I'm chatting to a friend when I'm here with you, which is nice. Um, do you want to introduce yourself and tell people like what you do, who you are and everything like that? Yes, so my name is Veronica, obviously, as Sarah said, I am a mindset business coach and I recently introduced human design into the way that I work with my clients as well. And I primarily work with women who either are starting a business or are building their business and we very much work on a 360, so on their mindset, on their energy and on their business strategy to make sure that they set the goals that they want to be achieving and I'm there to support them. Um, throughout that process Um, and yeah I do that from my home in Leighton Buzzard um, which is in Bedfordshire in the UK for those of you who (laughs) don't don't know where Leighton Buzzard is it's a little bit of a smaller village in the UK and I live here with my husband and my two dogs I think that's that sums me up I'm Italian so if you hear like a bit of a twang and you can't place you know what what my accent is I'm, I'm originally from Italy, but I now live in the UK. 
I don't think you have any twang whatsoever with your... You haven't seen me drunk, Sarah. <laughs> I feel like the more I drink, the more Italian I get. And then the hands come out as well. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you can't see Veronica doing her like very Italian hand movement. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, um, let's just dive right into it. So I think that me and you have connected, like outside of just doing this interview, like we, we talk um, about well the the juicy things that people don't seem to be talking about like in public mm-hmm. uh on instagram right and we've shared our personal experiences and i think we've really connected on having like shared values and the way that we're building our business would you would you agree yeah definitely i think some of the conversations we've found ourselves having have come about really naturally and almost like like you said like behind the scenes conversations I think we're all craving but then we're not really seeing publicly addressed and so I feel like there's like little groups forming behind the scenes where like are you feeling this way because I'm feeling this way is it normal that I'm feeling this way or you know and so it's been nice to have those conversations and to start to realize that there's more there are more conversations out there happening that are very much in line with a lot of what we are individually feeling yeah that's it that's it I think that um when I invited you to even come on and talk on this podcast with me I was kind of like I'm starting this podcast because I really want people to feel like more normal in this crazy online world where like we feel like we're not normal like we're having certain feelings or we're feeling certain ways or things are difficult and you start seeing everyone online where everything just seems so easy and you're like wait am I the anomaly here like am I doing something wrong and like I really wanted to I mean apart from like helping people with the typical branding things and everything I really wanted to bring better conversations to this space and like that was the reason why even when I invited you on I was like I don't really know exactly what we're going to talk about but I feel like we've just got good conversation that people need to hear about and I think one of the things that stuck with with me when we were talking was that we had this conversation around like six figure business because Mm -hmm. this is something that seems so common nowadays like Mm -hmm. build a six figure business I mean now we're getting into like seven figures eight figures we're here and online and people are now like striving for this goal to the point where you know the outcome is not always good basically I don't want to go too far into detail but you know this this goal of six-figure business has now become so common um and I know that you have a lot of opinions on this um so what do you think about this this goal to build a six-figure business um I do have a lot of opinions about it which actually surprises me because as we were saying earlier um I'm not a naturally opinionated person but I think over the last three years being online I kind of I started my business online with a really fresh excited view of the kind of business I was going to be building and the people I wanted to help and how I wanted to do it and what that meant for me long term and really quickly I found myself worrying about really stupid things if I'm honest um, based on the pressure to be chasing a six-figure business. And of course, for me, I'm primarily a mindset coach. I um, Obviously, I do mindset and business, and obviously now I'm including human design, but my main focus has always been mindset because my background is in psychology. And so I lead with mindset first, 
Um, and the business strategy then comes along as a result of that. And so from a mindset perspective, what I'm seeing is huge amounts of pressure being created around an arbitrary goal. So my issue with chasing a six-figure business isn't what, I'm trying to find the, the right way to explain, it's not chasing a really profitable business that I have a problem with, it's not making you know, a hundred thousand pounds a year that I have a problem with. It's not making nine hundred thousand pounds a year that I have a problem with. It's chasing a six-figure business when there is no real understanding or intention behind that goal. Like most of the clients that I work with, at some point, will mention their the desire to build a six-figure business, and as soon as I ask them the very simple question of why what why six figures like why not five or you know why not seven why six they're like mm, i don't know and then i'm like okay well what does six fig figures mean to you again there is so much confusion because six figures could be a hundred thousand it could be five hundred thousand it could be seven hundred thousand nine hundred and ninety nine thousand it covers such a huge range that the, the initial problem is people don't actually know what it is that they're working towards. So even with the six figures, they don't have the clarity around, okay, this is the number. So if they are, if they want that kind of goal because they, they like to, to have a specific goal to, like financial goal to work towards, it doesn't even give you that because six figures is so broad but most people like you can't achieve something when you're confused about what you're achieving, because otherwise, even if you get there, you won't know. And so there are people, for example, you know, if we're looking at it from a financial perspective, that maybe hitting 8K every every three months. Does that count as a six figure business? Does it not? So number one, for me, the problem is the confusion around it. Um, number two is the lack of intention and the lack of clarity around why like why do you want it is it because everyone else that you whose content you're exposed to seems to be you know celebrating six figures and so what often happens is that your version of success has become attached to the idea of achieving six figures you know is it because you see the the successful coaches that you admire you aspire to be like call themselves a six-figure business like everyone's changed you know not everyone that's a massive general generalization but again something I've seen over time is this trend to now identify as I'm a six-figure coach I'm a multiple six-figure coach on the way up to I'm a seven-figure coach or whatever else so again from a miser perspective that is dangerous ground because is that all you are, a six-figure coach? Like, did you go into coaching or mentoring or whatever it is that you love to do to be known as a six-figure coach? Like, what does that even mean? And for me as a um, potential client, what is that meant to tell me? Because realistically, and I, I'd love to know what you think about this, but what it does tell me is that you are either a great salesperson or you have a great sales system in your business which is fantastic because you know money's great i love money i don't have a problem with money and a business cannot you know operate let alone thrive without it 
So that's not, it's, it's like, it's two um, separate things. Having a profitable business, having a six figure business that they're, they're like, to me, they're like two different topics. Um, so yeah, I'm going for the tangent. So please feel free to like chip in because I don't, no, I could no, be talking no. about this for like so long. No, I, I mean, right. Okay. So you said that it shows you, if someone says they're a six figure business owner, what it shows to you is that they have a really good sales system. Okay, which is great. They know how to sell. What then doubt do you have? So you're like, you've got a great sales system, but what's but the then what? Yeah, but then what? Because I can understand this um, line of marketing if you are a sales coach. I can mm -hmm. absolutely get it if you're a sales coach because you're almost using yourself as an example of the strategies that you use um, as, you know, to showcase that they work. Right. I would be very worried if I was learning from a sales coach who didn't know how to sell and who wasn't bringing in clients. But the problem is that there are now all sorts of different types of coaches, health coaches. I'm a six figure health coach. How are the two, two topics related? Like, where is the connection? Where is the value to me as a, as a potential client if I'm coming to you for, you know, to work on my health? Like, where is the connection? It's, um, you know, again, uh, I don't, a, a brand coach, right? A brand, I'm a six-figure brand coach. Again, where is the connection? I am a relation. I mean, I haven't seen that relationship coach yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if I see it soon. But it's... Or a designer, for example, because I work with a lot of designers. It's like, you're your six-figure design company. Like, does that yeah. really... I don't know what that shows. It's Yeah, I, I completely get your point. I also think that one of the things that we could say as well is that it shows that your sales system is really good, but then are people coming out the other end of the process satisfied? Yeah, because the other thing we have to be mindful, and I think this is something we need to educate ourselves as individual buyers um and take responsibility of is are you actually seeing the are you seeing a representation of what you want to be achieving in in the content that you're consuming and what i mean by this is what i seem to see 24 7 and not so much anymore because I'm, I'm I've kind of like cleared out my social media of anything that just isn't aligned with me or helpful is um coaches celebrating their sales great and then coaches celebrating a very select few of their clients who are making sales but I never hear about anyone else like that's the and I don't know whether you know that's a very skewed perception maybe or because of the coaches that I was following and it's not just coaches it's business owners mentors you know it's across the board but there is such a focus there is such a um there, there is there's such a this pressure placed on how much money we're making and for some people, money is not even the reason they got into business in the first place. And yet they end up in that in that bucket of, well, I have a business now and I'm surrounded by people who only talk about money. Therefore, if I'm not chasing money or talking about money, I feel like 
I'm the odd one out. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Again, I've had clients come to me and be like, I I think there's something wrong with me because I don't want to be making more than, you know, £3,000 a month. I don't want the responsibility of any more money. And that covers my costs. It covers my bills. It pays for my holidays. It pays for my childcare. And I'm happy. Is there something wrong with me? Because I see people making so much more and I that frightens me. Do you know what's funny? I actually had the same, I, I did a call with like a market research call with a, a business friend the other day. And she, on, part of her market research question, she was like, what does the perfect business look like for you next year? Like this time next year, what would you have? And I literally, cause I've gone through these motions, like these motions that we're talking about where it's like, I started my business for freedom and happiness. Oh shit, everyone wants six figures. Oh crap, now I want six figures. What does six figures mean? Do I really want it? Like I have been through that roller coaster, and I imagine you probably have yourself as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I've been through that. And now I'm like two years down the line in my business, I got to the point where I was like, nah, I, 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 like you say, when you look at these other coaches, is that actually what you want? And when I see them, I'm like, actually, no, that's not what I want at all. I've realized that I don't want that. But then I said on this market research call, I was like, I've always considered myself quite an ambitious person. Like the word ambition for me, I'm like, I feel like I'm quite ambitious, quite brave. And when I then lower my income goals, I start to question whether I can call myself ambitious because I'm like, maybe I'm not ambitious because if I only want to earn, I don't know, 10k months when some people want to earn 100k months does mm -hmm. that make me not ambitious enough and then it's like then I start to question whether I can identify with this word does that make sense yeah that is such an interesting point and I think that's something that a lot of people face but it's it's coming back to what does ambition mean to you it's all relative, right? To whatever. It's like the success thing. What does success mean? Like, what are you making success mean? And yeah, defining it in a different way. But I found myself having this kind of identity crisis where I was going, oh my God, thought I was ambitious. Maybe I'm not as ambitious as some people or can I even relate anymore? Um, and yeah, it's coming to terms with like what that actually means to you. Um, I'm curious, because you said before that you have a lot of clients who come to you and they say like, um, I want a six-figure business. Now, when you say why, they don't really know. What mm. normally is the outcome? I mean, I'm sure there's, you've had a lot of clients and there's different outcomes, but the way that you like coach them, mm -hmm. what conclusion do they normally come to? The, do they normally say, actually, no, I do want the six-figure business because of this and this, and they get clear on the reasons? Or do they mm -hmm. then start to go, oh, no, I don't want the six-figure business? What normally happens? Or can you tell us a couple of stories of how that plays out? So... The first thing I do with clients when we talk about six-figure business is let's define it because I am the number one supporter for whatever my clients want to achieve. But I want them to really connect with what they want, not with what they think they should want. So we don't talk about six figures. We talk about let's break down um how much you want to you know earn as either the director of your company or um as the if you're a sole trader you know the the salary you want to take um and then let's look at so let me take you through it sorry so that i'm i'll kind of explain it in in a better format if we take it back a step 
one of the big issues with um, building a six-figure business, aside from the mindset aspect, is that people don't understand what the implications of having a six-figure business. So, for example, if you're based in the UK, um, if you're earning six figures, you most likely want to, um, for tax purposes, and I'm not an expert, but, you know, I've had to figure this stuff out by myself. For tax purposes, you most likely want to have a limited company. And at that point, you'll pay yourself salary as a director. You might be paying yourself dividends. You have your company, your, your limited company expenses. Um, you need to be putting money aside for your company's taxes. So not just your own, but your company's. And then because you're paying yourself a salary as a director of your company, you also need to be putting aside taxes for your income and any dividends that you're taking, they're added on top. You know, these are all terms that I was not familiar with three years ago because I had always been in a paid job where I got my pay slip, they took my taxes and that was it. So number one, there are so many implications. And so when you when you start to look at those numbers and you start to look at the actual practical side of running a six-figure business, there is such a disconnect between the reality of running a limited company that makes six figures and just adding six-figure XYZ to your bio. Because when we look at six figures, is this net? Is this revenue? Is this sales? Is this cash? Is this, you know, profit? There is just there's such a big gap between what you think six figures mean, businesses mean, and what it actually looks like behind the scenes. So that's one thing. So the first thing I then look at my clients with is when you say six figures, is this how much money your business is making, um, how many sales you're making. Is it because you're selling £100,000 worth of services or products? Or is it how much money is in your bank at the end of the year? Like, what does that actually mean? And we look at that first. Do you think people want it because they think more about being able to write it on social media than they actually think of these practical implications? 100%. It's like a label they put on themselves. I'm a six-figure business owner, label myself. Now I feel worthy. 100%. It's, um, I think what's what's happened is almost created this elite group of people that you really want to, you know, be a part of. It reminds me of um, some of the kind of social constructs that form in the playground at school. Like, it's almost like you don't want to be part of the popular kids group because you actually don't get on with them or you, you actually think that, you know, drinking under a bridge on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. is not your thing. But at the same time, you do want to be part of that popular kids group because they seem cool and they're liked by everyone. And I, I, I honestly see so many, like, connections between that and what's happening in the online space like you kind of you don't want a six-figure business you don't want a multi and some people do by the way i think we need to talk about this um as well um some people do and it is more than great right because everyone has different desires different aspirations so this isn't about bashing anyone that wants a six-figure business when they know what it means when they have intention behind it, when they actually understand the numbers, when they actually understand the consequences or the implications 
of having a six-figure business. This is more about the people who chase it with a blindfold on just because everyone else is as well. It's kind of like those social situations where if, um, and sometimes actually it reminded me of a reel I watched last night with my husband where they do these pranks where if you're in, if you're outside with a group of people, one person will start screaming and running the opposite way and everyone else follows and they don't know why. But they think, well, there must be something going on if if because the second person starts running, then the third and then everyone else follows. And it's kind of like this, like someone along the way, because like 10 years ago, there was no conversation around six figures. I, you know, there was just like it, it wasn't a trendy topic. So somewhere along the way decided that six figures was the thing. And then a second person followed and then a third and then a fourth. And then the conversation started to be more about building a six figure business. And then everyone else is like, well, if that's what everyone's running towards, then I better get going. Otherwise, I'm going to be left behind by myself. Yeah. And it's interesting because you've you've been a coach for a long time, right? Yeah. 14 years, which makes me sound so old. But I just started really young. Like I, I trained in coaching and NLP before, you know, the majority of people knew what coaching was. I was 18 at the time. So this is, I'm 33 now. So, I mean, is that maths even right? I don't know, but um, yeah, I've been coaching for a long time and I'm only, you know, this is becoming a topic in the last three years, I would say, like an actual topic of what am I doing with my life because I'm not making six figures yet. So. Uh, sorry I feel like I've jumped from one thing to the other no no I just I thought it was interesting to point that out because I think that you know we there's a lot of people who are entering into this new space of coaching and I I love the fact that you've been in it for so long and you Mm -hmm. really like are seeing the good and the bad of the coaching industry and as it's changing because like you say you something like um, NLP I only heard about this like three years ago I would say so like I I, it's newer for me too so you're you're one of the originals you know which is (laughs) one of the mummies in the corner (laughs) no I'm sure even before then I'm sure it was a thing but I'm saying like it's just become like I, I guess even in the last two years since the pandemic it became like a really popular career path to be like a coach and to be online that's when things have changed right that's something else I have a lot of opinions on it turns (laughs) out um tell us well there's a couple of things number one it's heartbreaking because i've actually had messages from women who were either training to be a coach or have trained to be a coach who don't want to pursue it as a career anymore because they almost feel look they don't want to be associated with some of the bad practices that we're seeing online they're almost like, I don't want to be yet another coach that's trying to sell a dream um, or that is chasing six figures or talking about money. Like, I don't want to show up on my stories and talk about every single time I sign a client or every single time I get a payment notification or, you know. So number one is heartbreaking to recognise that the coaching industry has become so... Um, what's the right word like so associated with these kind of like I'm going to say sleazy practices um that we see online 
Um, but of course, the other, you know, challenge that I faced, especially during the, the pandemic, was that people were waking up one day and calling themselves coaches. And there's two schools of thought here. It's, and I, I think there's one of the main reasons is because there's still confusion as to what coaching actually is. And I don't think this is anyone's fault. I think this just is a situation that is created, right? Because I'll give you an example. When I first uh, studied coaching and I said to someone, oh, I have a coaching business, they thought I meant I rented out coaches that you drive, like a co like renting out like People didn't know what coaching was. And I think that has obviously improved over time, but... I often get on calls and ask someone like, do you know the difference between coaching and mentoring or counselling or um, consulting? And these will be conversations with coaches who say no. So they, to me, that's almost like talking to a dentist and me like, do you know the difference between a dentist, a paediatrician and a physiotherapist? And the problem is that there's a lack of, um clarity around this industry and there's a lack of transparency and there's a lack of ethics there's a lack of because the industry is not regulated there's a lack of um information like you don't know what the right information is because now there's so much information out there you don't know who to listen to or you know um you don't know like the reliable sources basically it's almost like there's so many people out there having conversations about coaching you know I, I, I would have conversations with clients who again were coaching but their qualification in coaching was a seven pound you know course on Udemy that then promises you a certification at the end and they had never had to coach anyone and to me what I've often compared it to is would you get in a, a car with someone who's passed their theory and has been given a driving license without ever having a practical test, without actually ever getting on a road. It's the same thing. And so one of the other challenges has been over time is the, the quality of work that coaches provide has become diluted because there are so many people out there saying that they're coaching but that's not what they're doing they're educating and i'm not saying that there's no value to the work that they do there's people out there doing incredible things like they're super talented very inspirational they really care about their clients but they're not coaching they're training they're sharing information they're mentoring that's the other thing now i'm seeing loads of coaches who are like i don't want to be a coach anymore now i'm a mentor um there's men you know they're mentoring they're guiding but they're often not just coaching. And so the the what it means to be coached and to be a coach has become extremely um, diluted and dis distorted. Do you know, it's funny you're talking about this because I had a conversation with um, a friend the other day um, who is a, a coach. She's an ADHD coach and she did a qualification to be specifically an ADHD coach. And we were talking about this word coaching and she went, Sarah, Right now, the only people, because I said to her, I said, I don't call myself a coach because I haven't got a coaching qualification and I don't believe that what I do is coaching. But sometimes my clients call me a coach. They go, Sarah, you're the best coach for me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't, but you know, you can't 
I can't control what my clients call me, but I'm very clear that I don't call myself a coach because I don't believe that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend said to me, the only people that know really what coaching is are coaches. And now it's interesting mm-hmm. that you've said to me, there's actually some people who call themselves a coach who even they don't really know what coaching is. Yeah. Um, this word mentor, so I use the word mentor. Mm-hmm. And for me, the the reason that I don't use the word coach, one is because I don't have a coaching certification, but two, Um, from what I understand about the word coaching it's like the way that you help clients get to certain answers themselves and it's not Mm -hmm. like a consultation where you give advice it's not Mm -hmm. teaching where you teach information it's Mm -hmm. not mentoring where my understanding of mentoring is that you're helping people through your own experiences and what you know to get to a certain point in their business for example which I relate to consulting teaching because I used to be a teacher um, before I started my business Mm -hmm and mentoring am i getting those terms right from what you know absolutely yeah yeah so if we run through the different um types right so as a coach it's also important that when you're starting a working relationship with a new client that they understand the difference so there's a difference between for example because i include mindset coaching in the way that i work within business there's a difference between mindset coaching and counseling. So let's let's do like a, a quick run through. Mm. Counseling very much works on how your past affects your present and how you can improve your quality of life in the present by working through previous experiences, understanding them, accepting them, you know, finding the lesson in them so that you can almost detangle um past situations past traumas past experiences past you know relationships um and free yourself of any burdens that might be stopping you from living your best life now okay so that's kind of therapy counseling that is working on your past understanding it understanding what you want to you know where you want to go in the future and then how can you be a healthier happier person in the present we then move on to coaching Coaching is very future based. So we sometimes touch on the past in terms of, okay, let's have, let's bring awareness to um, what could have caused some of the beliefs you have today, some of the habits that you have today, but we're very future focused. So it's like, okay, there's a line that we draw in terms of like the past is there. It's important for you to explore it. And if that's the case, therapy and counseling would be great, but we can't change it. So what we're going to be focusing on is where do you want to be six months or three months, six months, 12 months, five years from now? Like, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Like, what what if you could do anything? What would that be? If you could be anyone, what would that be? And then so we define what that picture looks like, what that vision looks like. And then we guide the client to put in place milestones and a plan or what people would call a strategy to get from where you are right now to where you want to be so if i apply that to the way that i work with business who um women who have businesses for example that work is often focused around where do you want your business to be this time next year or in six months time or in five years time right that's very much client-led where do you want to be and how can we map out a plan that aligns with who you are to get there and as we start to work through this plan you will be presented with little things called mindset blocks, right? I want to be a writer. I want to publish a book. Amazing. Yeah, that's so exciting. When it comes down to me writing 
my first chapter, I, I procrastinate, I can't do it. That is caused by a mindset block, which in simple terms is a belief. You probably believe that maybe you don't know enough to write a book. And so we start working on untangling those mindset blocks. When you're untangling, Mm. So this is where I want to kind of make a distinction here, because this is where I think that I'm not a coach because of the way that I interact with my clients, I don't believe is how coaches interact. So when you're untangling those things and you're making that strategy, that plan, mm-hmm. are you telling direct information to your clients or are you asking questions to help them get to answers? This the is latter. what I, I'm the latter. So what you're referring to, like so the first example that would be me either being um more of a mentor or consultant which is what i i associate myself with because yeah. i don't ask questions we mm-hmm. work together and i use my own personal experiences and then i teach theory that i have learned as well and yes yeah. my clients sometimes have mindset blocks and you know i can talk through it from a mentor position because i've been through mindset blocks but i never say to them i am qualified or the right person to talk you through these mindset things i would never mm-hmm. call myself a mindset coach but obviously mm-hmm. you know within business mindset topics get brought up of course um, yeah. but i would never to me i'm like okay i can talk about this from my point of view or what yeah. i'm seeing from the outside would mm-hmm. you like my outsider's perspective what i'm hearing when you say this and i can give them a new perspective but to me i'm like that's not coaching right yeah no it's not the different the main difference is that what you said is the advice so coaching is built on the principle that the individual is the is their own expert like i will never know you as well as you know yourself even if you might not think that even if you might think oh my friends know me better or my partner knows me the best no because they will never have a true insight into your thought processes into your feelings they only see the expression of those things mm-hmm. so I, as a you know person you've only met on a discovery call, or maybe you've been following me on social media for two years, I will not know who Sarah truly is, ever. You will know. So all I can do is guide you through a process of discovering who you are, what you want, what makes you happy, what you're afraid of, what you need to work through in order for you to achieve the things that you want. And we do the three questioning. Because you already have the answers. The principle, you know, one of the main principles in coaching is that the client already has the answers. They just need help, you know, uncovering them. So the the advice piece is the biggest difference between, for example, a coach and a mentor. So I've had clients who came to me who were um, new coaches who um, where we've had the conversation during the discovery call. And I've, I've clearly separated the two where I've said, look, I can coach you through xyz and based on what you've said i could also mentor you specifically around building a coaching business so the difference would be that you know we can maybe i can coach you to write a book i've not written one but that's absolutely fine because i'm going to coach you through it but if you want to ask me how to start an instagram account to talk about my coaching your coaching business i can mentor you in the sense that I can share with you what I have done that either has worked or hasn't worked so that you can take my experience and learn from it and you know make it your own and maybe skip a, a couple of steps that you really don't you know learn from my mistakes of the situation so that's the big thing with mentoring and what I've noticed is some people now calling themselves a mindset mentor which confuses me a little bit 
because the mindset that allows me to thrive is not the same mindset that allows you to thrive. So again, there's just a confusion. And I, again, I don't blame people, but it just highlights to me that there is so much confusion and misinformation out there. And now people don't know the wood from the trees. And apart from the, pe the, the people who are in it, who were like, you know, giving themselves that title, it, the other thing that I think is confusing for people is then, well, when I'm making an investment, what do I need? Do I yeah. need a coach? Do mm -hmm. I need a mentor? Do I need to be taught something? Do I need, like, like you know, what is it really that's going to move me, move the needle forward for me? Do you think that that's a confusing thing for people as well? 100%. 100%. And I'm not sure that confusion ever goes away completely. I think it's prominent when you're first starting out because you don't know what you don't know and obviously you go as a teacher you know you go through that learning curve of you know um unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence conscious competence unconscious competence so you go from like not knowing what you don't know to realizing oh my god there's so much i don't know to starting to learn and be like okay i can do this like it takes effort and i really have to think about it but i can do it and then being able to do it with your eyes closed so that if someone asked you like, oh my God, how do you do that? You'd be like, I don't know, I just do it. And it would be difficult for you to remember what it was like not knowing it. So when business owners first enter the, the world of business, they have that kind of playful, almost naive excitement. And they're like, oh my God, it's gonna be amazing. And I'm seeing all these things. I'm gonna be on a beach and I'm gonna you know, be in Bali and, run my business on two hours a week and it's going to be great I'm going to make more money than I've ever made before and I'm going to pay off my parents mortgage and you know there's that excitement which is I love that part you know the, the that excitement it's almost like it's the the excitement you get when you're first dating someone and you're like oh my god it's going to be amazing and then you move on to okay oh okay um they annoyed me today maybe they're not as perfect as I thought and that in, in business, it's like, okay, well, I've shown up on stories three times and no one booked my amazing service. That means I suck. And they start to worry and they start to be like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? What do I need to do? Should I be doing my branding? Should I get someone to do my website? Should I get a coach? Should I get a mentor? So at that stage, because you still don't know, like there's so much that you don't know, the overwhelm is at its peak. Right? You feel like you're inundated with all these different options that you could take and you don't know what the best one is for you, what the right path is for you. And I think a lot of business owners initially find themselves there. Right. And then let's say you and I have been in it for two to three years. And we've tested things and some of them have worked and some of them haven't and you're you become a little bit more seasoned you've invested in a coach you've invested in some you know a, maybe a va or a brand specialist or a website designer maybe some of them were worth the investment some of them weren't quite what you expected but you start to understand okay maybe this is where i need to focus on more or this is where i need to focus on next this is what works this is what doesn't um but i think what people get not, I don't want to say wrong, but I think what maybe we need to, where we need to adjust our expectations is that I'm not sure that in business you ever get to 
the fourth stage of the learning curve, the unconscious incompetence, because business is constant change. Yeah, right? that, that's so interesting that you said that. So maybe people are like trying to um, aim for this stage that actually you're never, ever, ever going to reach. And then you end up in that cycle of what do I need now? What do I need to know? What's the next thing? And mm. you're th striving to get to a point that you're never going to get to because you continue to develop as a business owner and as a person. Yeah. And I actually saw a reel this morning um, and I was going to use the audio to make a piece of content. And it was talking about the fact that you need the person that gets to the finish line is the person that enjoys walking. Like if you if you start something just to get to the end of it, you probably won't be the first to finish. You won't enjoy the journey. Like you would just have a shit time. <laughs> so it's so important to have passion for what you do. And I've been doing a lot of this work recently because I'm I'm working on refining my messaging and my um my marketing. That's one of the biggest things I've struggled with in business, for example. I'm just not marketing minded. Um, I can do what I do and I love what I do and that's coaching and I'm very, very good at it. But I also recognize that I'm not as good talking about what I do in a way that's like easy to understand and um you know snappy enough to to grab someone's attention on instagram for example mm -hmm. but um it's and part of my messaging is i only want to work with people who love their craft and who then decided i want to do this more and i want to be able to see you know the smile on someone's face when they come in contact with my work and I know that I've had, you know, I've played a part in how amazing someone feels because their branding is, you know, sounds like them or because their website is freaking phenomenal or because they've achieved one of their goals or because they, you know, they put on a candle that I've I've made with my own hands in and they, you know, burn it whilst they're having a bath after a really hard week and they feel better. Like I want to work with people that are so passionate about their craft and then turn it into a business because I truly believe that it's the only way you'll stick it out because business guess. is hard and I don't care what people say it's hard if you love what you do you take like you 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 take the hardship um and you you know you make it your own and you work through it and you keep going and it's all part of the ride part of the roller coaster part of the journey but if you're only in business because you thought it was going to be an easier way out than having a career or a job or something else, you're, I believe that you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because what we see online in terms of what running a business means is not reality. I have to admit as well, I... Um... Yeah, there's so many things that you've just said that I could talk about. It's actually funny when you said about like you have to love what you do because I've got like a little um like mood board, I guess I would call it on the back of my phone screen. And the the quote that I have on my lock screen is we won't be distracted by comparison if we are captivated by purpose. Ooh, and I I love that. 
and I, I have that on my screen so that I remind myself because I think comparison is so, like, I get trapped in comparison. Mm -hmm. My clients get trapped in comparison. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it's a natural human reaction mm -hmm. um, yeah. when you're seeing a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. And, you know, for me, my my thing with helping people with their, their brand, their personal brand is really like discovering who they are. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we can't do to discover who we are and who we're supposed to be is start looking at everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I like that quote because it keeps me kind of like grounded. I'm like, what is my purpose here? Why am I looking at everybody else? I need to be grounded in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, I got to, <laughs> I got distracted by that when you <laughs> now no, no, what this, I wanted to ask. What I was going to say on the, because one of the things you brought up, which is really, really important, I think, and I, a lot of people struggle with, especially newer business owners, is knowing what to invest in. Yeah, this, you mentioned a few things where I'm like, I've made some investments where I'm like, that just was not worth it. I've thrown away money, a lot of money on certain things where I'm like, I did not need that at all. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually thinking I'm probably going to do another podcast episode on like my best and worst investments or not. I was going to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm we like, should swap notes. <laughs> I know. Well, I even have clients who ask me, like a client of mine messaged me yesterday and she was like, I want to know how you decide what to invest in. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, this has been a process of learning for me because I've invested in some things that I really didn't need. And I try to think that there's not necessarily, well, there's some that I wish I just had never, ever, ever done. Um, but there's other things where like, a lot of my clients have invested in a lot of courses. Mm -hmm. And normally what happens is they haven't got the result from the course that they hoped. Mm -hmm. And what I like to remind them is if it's a course that you can go back to, like maybe you just weren't at the right, it wasn't the right time for you to take that course or learn that skill in your business, but it doesn't mean it's a wasted investment. Maybe you need to go back to it at a different stage. So for example, for me, it was like, I um, invested in something to learn how to launch, but I really hadn't figured out what the hell I was doing in my business. I had no real like, hadn't figured out who I was and how what my little space of the internet was so I was like well how do I launch in a way that makes me feel good when I don't know who I am and who I'm selling to and what I'm actually doing so that yeah. course wasn't at the right time but the skill that I learned of like how to launch something wasn't wasted it was just it was badly timed I think so there's different types of investments that sometimes I think can be useful in the future at least but there are some that I just think like for instance some done for you services where like I got someone to set up my dubsado and then three months later I didn't use any of the workflows anymore like that, that was just a waste of time yeah. um but yeah I think it's it's really hard for people to know and one point that I would want to make about this is that there actually isn't just one right investment like I one of the things I try to do is just invest in one thing at a time so that I don't feel overwhelmed by working with numerous different people and doing numerous different courses. I think that that's a, a recipe for disaster for me, at least for my brain, because I can't be doing and learning multiple things at the same time. So I like to make an investment and really go all in with whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's a course, a mastermind, a coach, one-to-one, -one, whatever it is. I like to just have one focus at a time because I find running a business is exhausting and then doing mm -hmm. the work outside of that is exhausting. So try to focus on one thing, but I think that what happens is we sometimes look for like the one magical solution and what really happens is we need like 10 different things you know mm -hmm. you, you do need to develop all these different skills you know um but we can't learn everything at once so it's like do you actually want to invest in learning that skill or is that something that isn't really worth it right now like 
what is the best thing for you to to pick at this moment you know mm -hmm. like it's not like one is necessarily better than the other maybe you could benefit from mentoring and coaching but like what is the thing that you want to focus on right now you know mm -hmm. yeah it's such a good point and i think it's something that so many people struggle with and i was just thinking this is this may be a biased view obviously because i'm a coach so i would love to know your you know um view on this as well but if someone asked me for example if you could go back which investment would you make first actually someone did ask me recently this is how i know and i created a post that is scheduled to go out while i'm on my honeymoon about this it's like how do i know what to invest in first because there's so many options and there's especially when you're starting out there's a limited budget you know we don't all start out with you know huge amounts of money that we can go spending on all the different things we would love to invest in so how do you pick to me i would say and again this is why i think it's inspired based my true opinion this is why i do the work i do that you need to before you invest in specific services that um, um, meet a specific requirement or a specific need, you need to have your foundations in place. And I think a lot of the re a lot of time, a lot of the time, the reason why so many business owners feel lost even like three, five years into business is because they skip the most important part, which is often the no the not as glamorous which is the foundations, like actually getting your foundations in place. Who are you? Why did you start this business? What is this business there to do? Who is this business there to serve? Like, what do you want your impact to be? What do you want to be known for? What kind of service, like how, if you could look after your client in, in relation to whatever it is that you do, and you could come up, like had, if you, if you could, which is hard to do once you know once you've been exposed to information but if you could just shut everything out and focus on how you would like to help your clients what would that look like what so then what would your services look like so if you went through that which is what coaching like the real type of coaching helps you figure out like what do you want what's your long-term vision because it will take years probably to get there and things will change over time but if you've got your north star whatever happens along the way you can course correct so it's really having those foundations in place to then know who you are know what you're working towards and be able to invest in other services because this is what the comparison that i made in the post i've and i've made these mistakes myself where i've worked with someone to do my branding or with, with you know, websites i bought a shit ton of templates I um, set up, um, you know, the the back of house for my business with all these automations. Um, I've done courses, of, of course, I've bought courses. And it's almost like, like you said, you're looking for this one thing that is going to, you know, change and transform your business. But what happens is you then, because you don't have your North Star, because you don't have your foundations in place, it's almost like you're trying to pick your windows or your furniture when the foundations of your house are not even there yet you're trying to skip ahead to get ahead of the curve but it's almost like you're building something on toothpicks so mm -hmm. i'm not surprised that i still speak to clients who've been in business for years and still feel like i haven't got a clue what i'm doing 
And then what I'm doing doesn't feel right because I invested in this course that's all about launching, for example. And I hate it. I hate launching. I don't want to be on stories every day. I don't want to launch every other week. Or maybe I've done this sales course that tells me I need to send DMs. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be in the DMs all day, Monday to Friday, for my business to survive. And because the foundations are not there, if if that's one strategy falls through because it doesn't align with you, and had you known that in the first place, you probably wouldn't have invested in it because you're like, actually, launching doesn't work for me. I need something evergreen. Or evergreen doesn't work with me. I'm a people's person. I need to network. You probably would have saved yourself the money and the time. Mm-hmm. But it's also when I think service providers get a really um, have a really hard time at the moment because they, they get so many business owners that don't know what they're doing or what they want to do asking for things when they don't know what they want and then the service providers delivering on what they've been asked to do um which in itself is a really difficult task and often the clients are not even that happy with the results because actually they weren't able to clearly communicate what they wanted because they didn't know what they wanted in the first place so my post i was saying like i i believe truly if you're someone who's new in business mess in a coach figure out what you want to do and then go and invest in the professionals. But you need to be a leader. And I think this is what we forget. Business is not just about setting up an Instagram account, right? Instagram is great. It's just one of the many tools you can use in your marketing. And I think so many of us have fallen into the trap of seeing Instagram as the be all and end all of, the, of business, right? But business is leadership. So mm-hmm. when you invest in someone else for a service, for example, for your brand, for your website, for your um i don't know for your designs or whatever else you are the leader in your business and you need to be able to clearly communicate to the service provider what it is that you want so that that, god bless them they can go away and do what they're really good at and come back with the results but we've just created this monster of business owners out there thinking business is easy not treating business as business jumping into courses because they don't know what else to do and they see these people who are great at selling telling them that you know if they want to thrive in business this, this is the course they need to take and it's just a cycle because then they take the course and it doesn't feel right and then they're like oh my god i'm a failure or maybe i need to redo my bio or maybe i need to redo my website and then they spend three months doing that and nothing changes and then they see another course that's like this is the course you need to take or this is a program and that, so I think what I would love is just to, for everyone to be like, go back to your foundations. If they're in place, amazing, right? Use them, remind yourself of them. And if not, that is what you need to, you know, fix first. Do you know what's interesting when you were talking about that and like you're saying, you know, that I guess this is what you help your clients with is to go back and figure out who they are and what they want to do and, and all of that stuff and set those foundations. It's funny how different me and you are how different our businesses are how different the different titles that we have the different experiences we have but i feel like that outcome of setting foundations is actually very similar but we must do it in such different ways but Mm -hmm. when i go into like brand well i call it brand strategy but really now what i I, am finding is that it's really helping people discover who they are um and finding their you know their voice their stories so that their services like you say they could create the right services that they actually love 
providing to clients because they actually represent their values and they sell them in a way that actually doesn't feel sleazy because they know what their values are and what they want to do and what they don't and what strategies work for them. Like all of those things are also outcomes of how I run my brand strategy program. And you do that through coaching and the mindset from a mindset perspective. And I do that through a mentorship teaching brand strategy perspective. But I think mm -hmm. we have that both in common in our businesses that it is like the foundations of and, and I couldn't agree more because I preach on this too. I'm like, you need the foundations, like, please. Because I made those mistakes when I started my business and was just a design, just a designer. Like I, I started just designing without mm -hmm. any type of brand strategy or I didn't know really what building a personal brand really meant. Um, I did just go from, okay, now I offer people design. How do I sell that? But the part that was missing in that was me. The, the business didn't feel like me and I didn't know how to show up and talk about what I did with any type of passion because I had no passion for it because there was nothing about me that was in that business I just went I'm going to be a designer I can design things how do I sell this I'm going to buy this launch course this sales course blah 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 and yeah I got like mediocre results and I could live off the money but it didn't feel like me and I think that when you mentioned about people who are like years into their business and like they're making money and everything's great but they are lacking themselves in their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that approach that you described there in terms of like helping someone figure out like the foundations of what they want before jumping into the solution. I think that's, that's what good practice looks like in whichever industry you're in. Because I think what you described there is we're doing the same thing is just um, on a different scale. Uh, scale like I am I'm picturing like macro micro so for example I uh, in the coaching and strategy that I do it would be kind of like an umbrella because I'm not a brand specialist right or I'm not a marketing specialist I'm not a sales strategist uh, specialist so for the work that I do focuses on the big picture right overall in your business and in your life what do you want break it down once you know that once you've got those foundations you would go to let's say if you um wanted to do your branding mm. you would go to sarah who's going to help you work through right in terms of your branding who are you like who do, how do you want to be perceived and you would go through that process again on a micro level on a like a, a niche um specialist tier right yeah. it's like it's that umbrella and I yeah. think what's happening is people are skipping past me, past you, straight to, I want to buy a logo, as an example. But they don't know what, what do you want your logo to inspire or like what, what what's your angle? Like, who are you? How do you want to be perceived? And that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It's like people need to take steps back and make sure that because there's a lot of the conversation these days around uh, having an aligned business. And I, I talk about this a lot now in terms of like making sure that you're using aligned strategies or business plans, whatever you want to call it. Um, and not just whatever, you know, is on sale this week. But what does that mean? Because people, in order for you to have an aligned strategy, you first need to know what aligns with you. And you can only know that if you know who you are and you know what you want and you know what you stand for and you know what you stand against. And of course, we all evolve. But at our core, as a human being, there are principles that you're really behind. 
that you're you're you know that you care about there are things that you you stand against and it's you know then making sure you're you've got clarity around that making sure you've got clarity around your strengths and this is also where a lot of the human design comes into now because mm -hmm. that helps you understand who you are and how to own your uniqueness to then be able to put in place strategies whether it's a brand strategy a marketing strategy a sales strategy a system strategy the way that you deliver your services customer service you know all the different um aspects of a business to make sure that you're then making decisions in each of those and taking action in each of those in a way that is true to you so i'm interested in this so human design so this has become like another big topic in the mm -hmm. online space I think people are getting more and more informed about human design and i'm gonna mm -hmm. admit i'm not very informed about human design at all mm -hmm. i'm a projector that's all i really know i've done mm -hmm. one human design reading with someone um, which was really great when she was talking to me about like what she was seeing on my chart i was like i can't describe how identified i felt with with all of what mm -hmm. she was saying um, and I have to admit, I did that reading a few months ago and it's something that, yeah, I felt like, wow, she, she sees me, she understands me, this really makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't know whether I truly implemented it as much as I could. Now I have the re recording of this reading. Could you give me some, like, what should I do with this, right? I've got this reading and like, she told me a lot of things about myself and everything. Like, what should I then do with that information? As mm -hmm. a new, from, you know, not really knowing how to make human design relevant in my business yeah so human design i think that's a great question and i'll be honest because i i want to reassure you or anyone listening to this i didn't know what human design was at the beginning of this year and i am someone who's i'm very very practical in the way that i deliver mindset um you know and um in the in the way that i also talk about human design i've never been um even into astrology like i've always had a quite a like a practical approach to everything i do but i started this year thinking something's missing like something like i'm doing all the things i've got the strategy i've got the mindset something's still not quite right that's when i discovered human design in march i went to a networking event randomly and i heard someone talk about it it wasn't until around june that i actually looked into it looked on my chart and i was like okay this is freaking freaky like accurate and then I, um, yeah, really looked into it, decided to do the, the course in human design reading. And a bit like you, I was like, like, it's great to know this, but now what? Right? Yeah, that's, how that's, do exactly, I... that's exactly where I am now. Yeah. Um, so human design, when you have a reading, is just information sharing. Like that is not going to change you or your business or the way that you feel. So the real work is experimenting with your design and they call it the human design experiment because it's about embodying. And we hear this word a lot, embodying, right? Embody your true self or embody your um, the best version of you or embody your higher self. But if we talk about embodying your human design, in simple terms, it means starting to practice living your life based on who you are, not on who you should be. So you mentioned that you're a projector. I'm a projector too, actually. And one a big thing for projectors, so the, the, the most basic 
point that you can learn about human design is your energy type. So there's only five. So there's manifester, generator, manifesting generator, um, projector and reflector. Even if you forgot everything else you read in the human design reading, but focused on honouring your energy type more, what would that mean? What would that look like? Projectors, we don't have our own energy source. So manifesting and um, manifestors and generators and manifesting generators, they can um, essentially access energy constantly. Right, they have a consistent access to energy. Manifestors do that by turning energy into action. You know, they are the trailblazers, right? We took if we spoke about this in simple terms, a manifestor is someone who's like who starts a movement. He's like, I'm literally going to um start this uh, new initiative and I'm gonna get everyone behind it. They are the innovators, the trailblazers. The generators are the workers. They are the people that get things done because they have constant access to um, energy, to their energy source. They are the people who can keep going when everyone else stops. They are the people who actually get energised. The more they do, the more energy they've got, especially if they're doing something that they love. So manifesting generators is interesting. I thought about this earlier when you were saying I'm someone who I need to do one course, one program, really follow it through, focus on that and um, give it my all and then move on to something else. That's great advice for projectors, actually, because we are all about quality, not quantity. And I'll get onto that in a second. But that's not necessarily aligned for a manifesting generator because manifesting generators are the kind of people who are like they thrive when they have loads of fingers in all the pies. Right. They are the kinds of people who need different, they need to be, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, stimulated in loads of different ways. Like they like to learn loads of different things. So in, in a nutshell, that's a manifesting generator. So that, uh, someone who's an MG might actually thrive by having multiple things going on at the same time. A coach, a mentor, a VA, a brand specialist. Can I just jump in there? Do you know what's yeah. interesting about that? I had a client recently who, um, just this week, the other day, maybe even yesterday, she asked me, like, how do you decide what to invest in? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because now I, I, my thing is to invest in one thing at a time. But now I'm thinking just because that works for me doesn't mean that that works mm -hmm. for her. So she might be trying to mirror what I do, yeah. but she could be a manifesting generator and I'm a projector. So does that mean that what I do is the right way? No, there is no right way. It's interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting. And it, as a coach, it's so helpful to me because it really, I can then cater the way that I motivate my clients because it's so different. If I were to guide someone to, you know, pick one option and they were a manifesting generator, they might feel very trapped and limited by that decision, right? It is energetically correct for them to have you know, loads of different things going on. If, as an example, Jennifer Lopez, she's a manifesting generator. Think about her, right? She's a singer, a dancer, an actress, a businesswoman. She has perfumes. She does adverts. She She's everything and more. She's a manifesting generator. She's not one thing. She's like follow through with loads of different um, 
you know, opportunities, and that's energetically correct for her. Now, if we go on to projector, so that's what you and you and I are. Projectors are all about quality, not quantity. So without, because I could talk about this for like the next five hours. So trying to remain concise, um, the current business um, landscape is not built for projectors. Many of the coaches who we observe online uh, tend to be generators and manifesting generators. These are the coaches who show up every single day and they're selling every single day and they're launching every single day and they're doing every single day and they're fast paced and they're like, they, they embody the kind of, not in a negative way, but the hustle, right? Because they have the energy to do that. They can go and go. And if they have, if they are in the correct career for them, if they feel like if they love what they do, they just recharge like they get reinvigorated by doing the work they're the kinds of people where if you ask them to relax by sitting on a sofa doing nothing it would drive them crazy my mom is a generator like my mother-in-law is a generator they come over and they they can't just be like chill they're stuck in the house or oh what about this what and like it's exhausting for them because i'm a projector so projectors and reflectors we don't have our own energy source so what we do is we absorb and we amplify we absorb and we amplify we are known as the seers and the guides we see things that other people don't see and so a nice analogy is we are the little birds on the tree that can look down on the floor of a jungle and see all the animals who are doing things right there's the elephants and the giraffes and the crocodiles and there's some there's a lot going on they're doing stuff we can see who should who needs to be where for for the environment to thrive right actually it would be better for you guys to go over there near the water because then you're closer to where you need to be or it'd be better for the elephants to go first and you know push all the trees down so then the smaller animals can walk behind them and what that means is that focus is really important to us because when we try to do too much at the same time we reduce the quantity, uh, sorry, we reduce the quality of our work and it it's against our nature. So going back to like in the comparison with the manifesting generator, them doing loads of things, they thrive, right? It, it helps them. Us doing loads of things, we reduce the quality of our work. And that means we aren't often, if we try and do that, end up feeling like we're not doing anything well. Do you know what's interesting you've said that because I've had this realization in my business in the last month I would say so I'm I'm really taking a step back in this moment to focus on things mm-hmm. I enjoy doing like this podcast and creating content when I just feel like good about creating content when I have something to say but not really being in that typical cycle of I have to post three times a week and I have to sell this but for the first sort of couple of years in my business I had been taught a way to do business where you had multiple offers and you sell one offer then you funnel people into the next offer then you create another offer and then you keep people coming back for more and like that was the way that you run a business and that's what I'd always been taught and that's what I was doing and I hit a brick wall where Mm. I was like I feel like I'm one not serving my clients well enough which is the quality part of it I felt like the quality was going down with what I was doing 
and it got to the point where I actually cancelled a launch recently because I had created a new group for my clients to funnel into mm. this mastermind that I wanted to create but what I realized was that I wasn't passionate about the mastermind as a group I realized that what I actually wanted to do was to put together the teaching group that I had and the mastermind aspect of it, like the community aspect of it. And I wanted to merge them together into one really amazing program, which is now what I'm working on now. And now that you're talking about this in like that way, it all kind of makes sense to me because I'm like, maybe that's what it is because I just want to focus on making one really great program that helps people. I don't want to have multiple different programs and be launching multiple different things. And all of that stuff and I, I've even decided now to go away from and you know this podcast is going to live on for god knows how long so I don't know how long this will last but I'm deciding to take a step back from doing launches and really see how I can work on um making an evergreen offer where people can join my group whenever they want when they're ready to join because launching for me sucks the life out of me mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel good and having all of these different offers that people can come at different price points at different times and the doors close and blah 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 it, it it got to the point where my my health was suffering because I just couldn't do it anymore and I did that for two and a half years and I'm like I I could just kept pushing through and pushing through and pushing through and finally at the end of this year I was like no that this is the end of that like I need to focus on one thing and do it in the way that works for me and because I'd been taught one way I was constantly fighting against my own instinct trying to do it the way that I'd been taught but now it makes so much sense that maybe some people can do it that way but that's just not my way a hundred percent absolutely and I found that sorry My the dog from <laughs> um, I um, I can completely relate first and foremost and that's what I re was referring to is that unfortunately the current environment is very much catered towards generators um, um, and that way of working and there's nothing wrong with that way of working but it's just not suitable for people like you and I for projectors for reflectors and so what's happened is that we have been trying to live our lives as generators we've been trying to keep up with the generators because of that ambition right because of that those aspirations because of those big dreams but the way and we can have it all the signature, which will probably mean nothing to you and people listening if they're not familiar with human design, but the signature for projectors is success. You know, um, you can have it all, but the way you go about it needs to be different and it needs to work for you. And something that um, is um, important to be aware of for projectors as well is that we love to master something right we're not about doing things that are like top level fluff we go in deep we like to really get to the bottom of things we like to really make a big difference like we're deep even our aura our aura if you looked at um a visual representation of your projector aura i don't know if you've seen one before but your aura is it goes in deep into another person right so it i would guess just by knowing that you're a projector that you're someone who enjoys deep conversations more than top level chat right how's the weather like that would probably bore you you like end up going into like so what like tell me more about xyz um and because of this 
it's really important that we take time to master our craft like to, to to really love what we do and to like go in um and really master it and something that's you know every projector um i don't know if you're familiar with this but there's something called the strategy so a strategy is basically the path of least resistance for you to share your gift as a projector right so if you're really great at guiding people through their branding what is the path of least resistance for you to share that gift and for, for you to help someone really understand who they are and how they want to communicate that and how they want to represent it visually or through their writing or whichever way and so the strategy for is different for each energy type but it's the same for like for all manifestors or generators or projectors the the strategy is to wait for the invitation when i first heard this as a business owner i was like i don't want to swear but I was like, what the freak? Like, how am I going to build a successful business waiting for the invitation? So once I got over the shock and I'm like feeling like I pulled the short straw in life and I started to understand what that actually means, everything made sense. And the reason why some of the practices we see in business that you were mentioning about launching, thing of the, the next and funneling people and just this kind of going, going, going process doesn't suit our energy type is because because we're an intense intense energy type not everyone is ready for that kind of intense guidance and the way i compare it to people that um, i do readings for is like i want you to imagine you giving your best friend advice on her you know shitty boyfriend and even when it's true and even when your best friend might deep down know it, it never goes well. Like, unless they're ready to hear it and unless they're ready to break up with said person or change the circumstances, there will be resistance. Either they'll get, you know, defensive or they'll change the subject or they'll stop talking to you or they'll think you're saying it because you're jealous. Like, it doesn't create um, a positive conversation. And so with projectors, because we see things that others don't, and because we are natural guides, we can have this tendency to want to help in the way that we think we do that is by telling people what to do and by being like, why don't you change your wallpaper? Or like, um, you know, why don't you, you know, change the layout of your room? Or why don't you wear a different jumper? It can be as simple as that, like basic life stuff, but also in business. And the problem is, unless people are ready to receive guidance and opinions and advice, it creates resistance it creates the opposite of what you're looking for so when we look at that in business because you're you have this kind of deep um approach and aura you energetically create resistance when you chase clients so it's an analogy i've used before to really you know grasp this thought is i want you to imagine you if you went fishing as a projector if you're going out there chasing people it's almost like you're trying to fish by like trying to skewer the fish with a stick like good luck chasing a fish yeah you'll be there all day as a projector you need to just wait with your um what's the word fishing rod are we still on fish yeah yeah we're still on the fish what, but what's the what do you put at the end of a fishing rod bait yeah a bait 
Yeah. Okay. So you just wait patiently with your bait and you wait for the fish to come to you. In a business sense, your bait is what you do. And you just you become so good at what you do that once people see it, they are drawn to you. And so for projectors, the key is to master something and to become so good at it that people are drawn to you. So they they see how incredible you are with eliciting someone's brand identity and then bringing it to life that they're like, I need to work with Sarah. So it's about them coming to you. And so what does that mean? It means that one, you, be, you need to fo focus on quality and two, you need to focus on visibility so that you can attract people to you rather than doing outreach. Outreach doesn't work as well for projectors as it might do for manifestors, for example, or generators. Do you know what? That's one that all of those, all of that you just said resonates with me so much. And I'm sure if like if you're listening to this and you're a generator, um, a projector too, maybe you're like, wow, this is the thing that I'd never really thought of. Now I feel like I'm in that process of figuring out that that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And when I've realized that these launches and these types of content where it's like I'm trying to chase people don't feel good to me, it really got me thinking that there are two different types of like, well, there's a lot of different types of content you can create but I've got this like thing in my mind where we see a lot of um business coaches maybe creating like this problem awareness content like teaching people things and I would try and do that in my business and for mm -hmm. some reason it felt wrong and mm -hmm. then when I started just kind of like documenting my journey as a business owner talking about the things that were happening to me my clients what really felt like it was prominent that day that someone probably needed to hear and for me to share my failures and my successes and kind of share like it, it sounds like more selfish content because it's focused on me but what I realized that then was happening was people were attracted to working with me because mm -hmm. they see themselves in me and it's mm -hmm. like a different lens to create your content from but that started to feel really good to me because I was like I'm not telling people they're doing things wrong I'm not educating people do this this way I, that doesn't feel very good to me but what does feel good to me is to document my journey and to kind of yeah attract these people who who seem to like see themselves in me or what want to work with me because of that because they feel like I understand them and I do understand them so that's where you get these like aligned clients right yeah yeah I would love to know do you know what your profile is no maybe you <laughs> I, can tell me later and I will because I would love to know there's so many different layers to human design mm -hmm. and there's so many different things that can actually help you in business. So, for example, with your profile, it's two numbers. The first number describes the way that you tend to see yourself, like consciously aware of the way you see who's mm -hmm. like Sarah. Mm -hmm. And the second number is the way that we subconsciously um, are perceived by other people. And... Um, it can tell you a lot because it brings awareness to sometimes almost feeling like there's two parts of your personality. Like as an example, I'm a two five, which is the hermit heretic. And the hermit side of me is the way that I see myself. And this is a side that I like to be left alone, to work on my things, like don't disrupt me. Like I just want to like go in my cave and study or do things. And the five is um, a profile line that really is about being um a leader and sharing and guiding and so overall that profile is called the reluctant hero because people see me as a guide and they want to be led by me 
but in my head sometimes i'm a, I'm a hermit i'm like don't come to me like I'm, i don't want to be your hero i just want to like go in the corner and do something else but what's important what the reason i bring the profile up is because it can also tell you the best way for you to share your um your your gift so for example some people um the best way for them to do it is um by networking with the, the people around them um by some is to share their experience so what you was referring to in terms of like just documenting my own experience because the way i share my gift is by showing you that i'm applying the same principles to me like learning by experience and then sharing that with you there are other people whose line is more um appropriate for sharing information so i research i study and then i share information so it's there's so much in your human design that can be used in business that's so interesting then so yeah because i'm now like um seeing that i this other type of content that i'm creating for me feels really good and i'm like oh maybe this is the way that i should be doing it but it's interesting then to hear that if you know your human design, then maybe you figure out the way that for you is the best way. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why all of these courses that tell you one way to do something don't resonate with everybody because they're not supposed to be doing it that way. Like, yeah, I, I bought a course where the, the, the sales strategy really was to just educate your audience for free until you had a huge account and then make sales from mm -hmm. it. And I was like, and I was like, yeah that does not align with me at whatsoever and i just ended up not doing the course because it didn't feel good to me so it's so interesting um to hear and that what will happen sorry uh, no no no. it's just so interesting to hear that because i think people can take even if you're not into human design even just going to look up these like basics of your human design could help so much in like business and content and everything like that yeah because i think in reality then and this connects to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like investing in different things is what will happen is you hear someone doing you know selling that course right you just do things for free build up your email list and then sell to them that way uh, once you've got a huge account great that approach didn't work for you but it may have worked for let's say five people out of a hundred and then they will use the testimonials of those five people who are making sales to um, validate that this strategy is the strategy. So for the 95 people who people who aren't, um, who are using the strategy and it either doesn't feel good or they're not getting results, they will then think it must be me because it's working for those, all those people and it's not working for me, I'm the problem. And so this is why I was saying we need to go back to the foundations. So as an example, the programs I'm launching in 2023, because obviously I went through a change in August. I took August off. That's when I did the human design. I've started to incorporate human design to the way I run my business. Um, and my business looks quite different to the way that a lot of coaches run their business. Like I never talk about how much money I make. I, I think I've shared like a couple of um, payment notifications once in a blue moon, but I have not built my coaching business around some of the most popular marketing strategies that are used. But even then, I'm evolving and pivoting even more now that there's human design in the in the picture because of exactly what you were saying. You know, if you start by knowing who you are at your core and like what your strengths are, and a lot of these things, it's not about discovering them. 
It's about uncovering them. They everything is already there. Like you are you already. It's just that we're often not leveraging our strengths, our uniqueness, our quirks, um, because we are so bogged down by the conditioning of we should be doing this, we should be doing that. I've been taught to do this, I've been told to do that. So the for example, from next year, all of my programs, they will start with human design. I want people to know what the human design is. I want people to understand and own who they are because and, and their uniqueness, because then that helps with their branding. That helps with their services. That helps with their website. It helps with their marketing, right? It helps with them picking a business strategy, for example, evergreen versus launching, that feels good for them, but they first need to understand who they are. Then we move on to the business strategy, which is the plan of action. Great this is who you are, this is what you want, how are we going to get there? And then we work on the mindset of like, okay, you know who you are, you know what your strengths are, you know maybe what your bottlenecks are based on some of the challenges that you face. Because again, human design is amazing because it doesn't just tell you about your strengths, it also tells you about the things that you find challenging. So you can become aware of them because our businesses are an extension of us, especially when we're service providers, especially when we're sole traders. And so what's really important is that you um you sorry completely my my, my <laughs> completely lost where i was going with that what was i saying <laughs> did you have a mind block honestly it went because i saw you put your hand up and i wasn't sure if like you were uh, talking no, to I me was, no i was checking the time just to see if we were it's probably like 4 p.m <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that this whole thing of human design is super interesting. And I think even though for me, I used to really be like, oh God, everyone's into human design and it doesn't really feel like it's something that I really want it. Cause everyone gets so into it. Like they, I feel like it's quite extreme when like, when you're into human design, you just keep learning more and more. But for me, even just knowing that surface level, like having that one reading and knowing what I am and just having that to go on has been really helpful. I don't think you have to go to the extremes, but even just knowing that basic information can really help you just feel more normal and know what is going to work for you and and what isn't you know yeah. um and it yeah. goes back to what you were saying it's like the biggest difference isn't isn't knowing what you are or who you are uncovering it's it. um it's uncovering it and embodying it it's like actually having the courage to be true to yourself and to be who you are warts and all type of situation and i think that's then why you know the content where we are more vulnerable and we are more honest it then resonates with more people because i think we're all tired of the facade we're all tired of the pretend we're all tired of the filtered life um so yeah it's very important yeah i think i we couldn't i think we can we couldn't end on a better note than like that that is we, we are tired of the facade I, I recorded another podcast episode a solo one before this and I basically was was pointing that out that, that this type of perfect marketing is just it's outdated now especially with social media we just want real human connection and we want to feel like people get us and that we're just understood and that really we don't want to be putting people on pedestals as like they're the perfect person and that's what I need to be we just want to just feel normal you know and I, I yeah. see a big change in this industry and I think it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years like how things even develop on on top of that and yeah I'm I'm 
glad that we talked about human design. I'm, can I send you my chart? I have a thing of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Can I send it? I would love. I would love to know what this profile that you just is. It the profile you just mentioned with the two numbers. I'd love to know what that, how that, what mine looks like because I, I can't remember. But thank you so much for for all of this like information. I've had such a good chat with you, and I feel like. We could talk for hours, couldn't we? But... I know. I thought like <laughs> so many different topics, but I really like that because it just I love listening to podcasts that I like this, where you're literally you feel like you're in a coffee shop with two friends and they're chatting away and you're kind of like listening to a real conversation unfold. Um so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I'll be when... back anytime you want me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um well Tell me where, well, if someone's listening to this and they don't follow you, they don't know where to find you, how can we find more Veronica on the internet? <laughs> um, so the best place to go would be um, my Instagram, which is Veronica Mazzetti Drea. You might have to link it in the description box because it's quite the mouthful. Um, <laughs> and my website, like I mentioned, because of the changes um, and kind of the, the evolution that I'm going through this year, um, there will be a bit of a rejig of my services in, in in the new year and they're going to include human design as part of the work that I do with um, business and mindset but yes my website is just my name so www.ronicamazettidrea.com which again it's probably better if you <laughs> link it somewhere else because um, I do have quite a mouthful of a name <laughs> um yeah i i'm not gonna lie there's a double z and a double t in there so i think i would be lost i will write this down for everybody <laughs> yeah that's that's a good idea and yeah thanks so much veronica i have loved this chat let me thank you for having me <laughs>